All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies podcast. We uh, took a week off because, well, there just wasn't much news of any sort the past couple weeks. So we wanted to see if there was a bit more news. And we got some news this week. So, you know, we had some stuff to talk about. Still a little slow on the return to play stuff. They haven't really laid out exactly what where the hub cities are, any of that, or the health and safety rules, but... Right, they've, they've narrowed the, the hub cities down to a final five. Uh, that news came out tonight, actually, about an hour or so ago. Um, as expected, uh, Las Vegas is among them. I still think that is the leading candidate to host... Um, likely the Eastern Conference um, for uh, as the hub city. The other uh, cities still under consideration uh, include Chicago. That is the only other American city uh, left uh, at this point. Um, obviously, with uh, some of the COVID outbreaks occurring in uh, some of the southern and uh, Southern states in California, my um, guess is uh, the league decided that might be a little too risky at this point. Uh, the other three cities are all Canadian cities. Uh, one of them is Vancouver, uh, Edmonton, and then Toronto. As you would expect, um, Toronto is seemingly the city that everyone wants to uh, that the league and um, I would assume all of the uh, most of the players and that would uh, prefer is Toronto. There is obviously, you know, plenty of uh, hotel space and restaurant. They, they won't have any issue with that. And then also there is um, an abundance of ice facilities that will allow them you know, plenty of practice space and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, Toronto is definitely where, um, I, I'm sure they want the second hub city to be, but, um, I think the, the holdup at this point is, uh, the Canadian government has far stricter regulations for, um, in place, uh, for gatherings of this sort. And, um, also, um, you know, allowing all of the foreign players and stuff uh, to come in. Uh, however, the NHL is petitioning Canada to kind of make an exception. And I, I think there's momentum building that um, uh, that, that, the, that exception will, will be allowed. And then, uh, so my, at this point, I'm expecting Vegas and Toronto I think if Toronto um, doesn't happen, then I think Chicago is the primary fallback. So yeah, so yeah, that's you know Chicago would be the uh, backup facility, but yeah, other than that, there hasn't been has there been any real on ice Blackhawks news? I don't think so. No, and and I'm not expecting that we'll see any really until next week when. Because um, what is it? The end of next week is when uh, they're kind of looking at uh, bringing the players back in and kind of starting 
Yeah. Uh, starting some, yeah, more intense training. But even then, I'm not sure we'll actually hear too much on it. We may know if the Blackhawks will have a, a, a chance at a top draft pick um, because the draft lottery will be held on Friday night. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So now, obviously, we're only going to know the exact draft position of the six teams that are not included in the three teams. So yeah. So, you know, we'll see uh, if it, the chances are, um, I think, that there'll be at least one team outside mm-hmm. of those that of that bottom six that's going to end up with a top three pick. So even if the Blackhawks do end up losing in their uh, play-in series, uh, there, there could still be the potential for, you know, a reward, I guess you could say. Um, in that regard, but yeah, um, outside of that, I, I, you know, obviously I think the big news this, this week is, uh, the hall of fame announcements. That's right. Marion Hosa. Now I shouldn't give, we don't want to give short trip to Doug Wilson, no. longtime Blackhawk, very good player, defenseman who, how was he not in the hall of fame already? That kind of blows my mind. Yeah, you know, he was a you know obviously a highly respected uh, um, both as a player and you know and then obviously his long career as a general manager. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was always kind of one of those fringe candidates, and it seemed like eventually he would he would get in. But you know, it took a, a lot longer than I think some people expected. Um, you know, obviously, there's another teammate former teammate of his that uh, a lot of people think is kind of in the same boat and that's Steve Larmer mm-hmm. um, now I'm I'm a little more familiar with Larmer just because uh, he was uh, still an active Blackhawk when I really started paying attention to the team mm-hmm. in the early 90s um, Wilson was a guy that I, you know I was familiar with growing up around Chicago when I the on the occasion when I did uh, tune into Blackhawks games in the late 80s, um, you know, I, I, I was aware of who he was, uh, but, you know, it was difficult to watch Blackhawks games in the late 80s. Not only were games just not televised very often, but the um, hockey in general was difficult to watch on grainy TVs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, without the without widescreen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I, I you know... I, I think I've talked about it on the, the, the podcast before where I, I didn't really uh, become a big Blackhawks fan until um, the 92-93 season when they mm-hmm. um, made their run uh, to the Stanley Cup. Uh, so uh, Wilson was already and gone I by was, that point. As I said, I've said before, I was like 94-95, so okay. yeah. both before right. the times. Yeah, so... By the time I really started paying attention, Wilson had already moved on to the Sharks and was finishing up his career there. But yeah, um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, I can't comment on how worthy or unworthy he is as a, as a Hall of Fame candidate. But um, you know, obviously, a, a big congratulations goes out to him, and um, I don't think you're going to really hear anybody complaining uh, about about his induction. Um, I think the uh, the people who wish for a small Hall of Fame um, that battle has 
uh, already been fought and lost um, a long time ago. And so there's there's plenty of players of the same caliber or worse than Wilson that are already inducted. So, um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I, I don't see what, um, you know, there's any reason to, for a fuss. Now, that being said, with oh, apologies to Doug Wilson, let's get to the main event. Yeah. Marion Hosa, first ballot Hall of Famer. There's a little bit of concern that maybe he wouldn't be first ballot. I don't know why, but some people were worried that he wouldn't. But he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and honestly, I don't know why he wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, I think the only argument against him is he doesn't really have any hardware um, outside of the Stanley Cups. Um, His individual achievements, I mean, he never won a Richard Trophy or an Art Ross Trophy or, you know, any of that sort of thing, or a Selkie, Um, even though in in regards to the Selkie, I think one of the things that goes against that. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the center position is much more, it re- requires much more defensive responsibility. And so the Selkie Award has basically become who's the best defensive center. Um, I think the the actual last winger to win might have actually been Dirk Graham. Wow. Um, I'm trying to remember maybe Yuri Lettinen won one. I, I, I might, it, he's the only guy that kind of comes to mind. Um, but that would have been, even that would have been late 90s. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hosa never really even, I don't think he even finished top three ever in Selkie. So, yeah, I think that's maybe the one. Um, yeah, if there's an award that for best defensive winger, he would right. have won several. So. Yes, yeah. And, and I would actually argue that such a an award um, should exist at this point, given the way that the Selkie is, is kind of the focus of it has kind of narrowed. So, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I think, uh, Hosa, um, is rightly credited as one of the top two or three two way wingers of the last 10, 15 years, a big time goal scorer and plenty of assists, um, plenty of, uh, you know, point per game seasons, always a guy that back checked ferociously and, you know, played a responsible team game. And yeah, just, uh, you know, there was probably only a season or two of his career where he was ever the best player on his team, which again, I think maybe kind of goes to, Oh, was, you know, a first ballot guy or not. But, um, you know, he was always kind of the second or third best player. And, but when you're the second or third best player on, you know, Stanley Cup contenders, <laughs> um, uh, you know, obviously he's quite famously the first player to play in three, three straight uh, Stanley Cup finals mm-hmm. with three different teams. Um, and then eventually went on to win three cups with the Blackhawks. So, yeah. I, and he was. The second or third best player on his team his whole career. Right, right. up to the very end. Right, yes, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, uh, well I mean, maybe that maybe the last year or so, I think he might have slipped to fourth behind yes. uh, Kane, Taves, and uh, Keith. But yeah, I, I would certainly say that the beginning part of his NHL career, um, uh, I would have probably rated him ahead of of Kane, actually. Um, but and yeah, then, you know, the final year too, you just named three guys ahead of him. All going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right, exactly, yeah. I, 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 and, you know, even, you know, when he was playing in Atlanta, um, you know, Ilya Kovalchuk was probably, or, or Danny Heatley, um, you know, th- those are guys that aren't exactly, uh, um, you know, might not make it to the Hall of Fame, but the peaks of their careers, well, I guess not, I shouldn't say Danny Heatley, he was traded for Danny Heatley, um, so I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, with Ilya Kovalchuk, um, and then obviously when he went to Pittsburgh, you had Crosby and Malkin mm-hmm. and, uh, Detroit, you had, uh, you know, the various hall of famers there as well. So yeah, I, it, it's not like he was ever considered behind any non elite talent. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, and, you know, just beyond his actual play. You know, I, I think we've seen plenty of uh, examples and plenty of people um, calling out just what a consummate professional he was, mm-hmm. um, both on and off the ice, and uh, the type of guy that you love to root for. And and I think for me personally, um, again, I think I've, I, I've uh, pointed out on the uh, podcast a few times that uh, him and uh, Nick Jalmerson were always kind of my favorite players on these uh, on the cup teams, so. Yeah, I really want to add, too, just, I don't know if anyone got the, how many people listening to this ever got the treat to see, like, host a play in person, mm-hmm. but it is wild. Yeah. Just watch him a whole shift, how hard he worked. Yep. It was crazy. Yeah, he was definitely a puck hound, and it, that, that style of play does not always uh, show up uh, on a television screen, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's happening uh, away from the puck, just the way that he would back check and get uh, make sure he was responsible. And um, but yeah, you, you definitely gain a new appreciation for him uh, uh, watching him in person and just how fast and strong and responsible he was at um, on pretty much uh, you know in every shift basis. Uh, he was just not a guy that, uh, um, you know, took many shifts off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I think it was pretty. Some people were still a little bit, but once he got to that 500 goal, then it was probably pretty safe bet that he would be right. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he kind he he did hit the you know the magic numbers, and um, you combine that with his team accomplishments and. Um, you know, his reputation as a two-way player and um, his reputation as a, a good teammate and, you know, a good ambassador for the game. And, yeah, I've, um, it was just a question of when, not if. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm happy for him that he did get in on the first ballot. Um, but I, I also wouldn't have, you know, really complained about if he had to wait a year or two, just because there are so many, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a decent backlog of players, uh, 
of, in, as kind of the, the caliber of Doug Wilson. I mean, we already brought up Steve Larmer, but there's, mm-hmm. there's several other players kind of in that uh, range that have been waiting a long time. So, um, you know, eventually you got to get through uh, some of the backlog and, you know, uh, not just Hosa this year, but the other first year eligible player that uh you know the the real shoe in was Jerome Ginla this year. I mean, yes, he, yes. He, he certainly was um considered the the best goal scorer in the league for at least a five year mm-hmm. stretch and kind of the premier power forward for a time in the league and a uh, no doubt uh, yes. first ballot Hall of Famer. And so when you have a guy like that, you know, you always kind of wonder is uh, is is there going to be a second first ballot guy that gets in? But in this case, yeah, you know, we were, we're happy to say, uh, Hosa is included. And, um, the first of, um, my guess is four, um, Mm -hmm. players from the, uh, cup dynasty, uh, that will eventually make it into the hall of fame. Yep. All right. And then the other big topic that kind of came up today there's a big article by um, Scott Powers in The Athletic about it, but it's this thing that's kind of been, I want to say under the surface, but it bubbles up um, about the Blackhawks logo yes. and, frankly, their name. Yes. Um, you know, is it offensive to Native Americans? You know, and it's just been a long, it's a very touchy subject for people, but I think you and I pretty much agree on this. But I'll ask um, for your opinion first. Um, I mean, basically, uh, I've prepared myself for this eventuality for for years. Um, I, in the in the realm of racist uh, sports logos and um, you know team names, uh, I would certainly say the Blackhawks are far down the list of the the Native American mascots in that. Um, Certainly nowhere near the most offensive, uh, but just because it's less offensive doesn't mean it isn't offensive to some people. And if, you know, if it is, then, uh, you know, it should be changed. And I, you know, I'm not going to fight against it. I would um, probably... You know, push for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I have stopped buying uh, Blackhawks merchandise uh, over the last. Uh, it's probably been three or four years. Um, you know, I just uh, I still have a couple of jerseys. I don't actually wear them to games anymore. Um, I, I I wear them when I play hockey because I need a hockey jersey to actually mm-hmm. play hockey in and. Blackhawks are what I happen to own. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I stopped buying the merchandise. And I do make an effort to actually call the team the Hawks mm-hmm. and not the Blackhawks. Um, you know, sometimes if I'm on Twitter and I'm having to use the the, the, the tag, I will have, mm-hmm. you know, kind of forced into using Blackhawks. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, obviously some slips of the tongue. Uh, will uh, and bring, you know this, bring out a black ox, but yeah, this podcast is not called. You know, it's the emergency goalies. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So, I mean, obviously there's people who are against it and, you know, I, I, I know the, the Jersey is well, is, is highly regarded and, um, you know, I, I but I just, it's, a I'm, lot of, I'm with you. I'm fully ready for prepared to go ship to the Hawks, the Chicago Hawks. I just exactly. think it's probably going to happen. It, it, it's a, to me, it's just kind of a natural transition that will, um, you know, it, it I mean, will seen, eventually happen. and Yeah, I've seen jerseys and stuff with, like, a bird with the, you know, with the logo and stuff, and it doesn't look that bad. So I'm prepared for it. I, I think if yeah. it offends somebody, why offend somebody? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, there's nothing stopping the team from making an equally cool logo that doesn't offend anyone. And... Uh, you know, you can obviously keep keep the team colors, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just I, to me, it's it's just something that should uh, probably happen sooner rather than later. But my guess is it's probably something that still happens later down the road. I mean, um, I'd love to see the Blackhawks organization take a stance and be at the forefront and and kind of you know if it. it if the Blackhawks go ahead and change their name to the Hawks and change their logo and all that, perhaps it would uh, put more pressure on the Redskins and the Braves and the, mm-hmm. the Indians. Yes. Um, you know, they're, uh, the, the, the fighting Sioux was uh, um, the University of North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Fighting Sioux changed their name uh, several years ago. With a logo very uh, similar to the Blackhawks. Right. Um, I th- I think in the case of the Fighting Sioux, though, it's it was actually the name that was the um, most offensive well, aspect of it. The Lakota, the tribe is the Lakota. The enemy, yeah. that the, their rival people called them with Sioux. That's not right. their name for themselves. So they Correct. did not like yeah. it. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I think that was... Um, you know, the bigger push there. And outside of uh, the the Redskins name... Um, Which is just know, horrible. The, it's just horrible. Um, the, the the Fighting Sioux was definitely the the other one kind of at the forefront that needed to be changed right away. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, and obviously uh, getting rid of Chief Wahoo um, with the Indians. Yes. <laughs> the other ridiculous notion. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, it all needs to be changed and it, it, it all needs to go away. And stay mm-hmm. on, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know that we really have anything else to add. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it—it's something I, you know, am prepared for. Um, but you know, obviously, not being uh, Native American, I, I can't uh, mm-hmm. kind of speak for, yeah. you know, what their reasons or or you know. There are reasons for keeping it or getting rid of it, you know, because obviously there are some Native Americans that have come out in support of it. But just because, again, just because there's some in support doesn't mean that there's not plenty that are against it. And if there's a lot of people against it, why were we having this conversation? Just change it. (laughs) Well, that's what I would encourage everyone to read the article in The Athletic. If you subscribe to The Athletic, it does a very good job. Yeah, I was only able to skim it today, but it did seem to cover 
all of the aspects that I'm aware of, and I'm sure there's probably a couple of things even in it that I'm not aware of that, and and I do intend to to read through it fully because it is a very extensive article. Yes. Um, so yeah, I would. But I just thought we'd lay out our because we've never really talked about it on the podcast before, so. Yeah, I'm not sure if we have or not. I know we've at least talked about it online, but whether or not we've uh, ever really discussed it on the pod, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, and I now think we have for sure. <laughs> yes, we have for sure. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything yeah. going on in the hockey world. As of right now, plans are still on place. You know, still moving ahead. We I don't know what's going to happen with this or baseball or anything else, but. As of now, we're on the path forward, so we'll see. Yep. All right. Um, of course, Michael on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. Um, STH85. And uh, you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app and maybe rate and review us. I don't know. Something you might be interested in. And we'll try to be back next week. I think there will be a lot of, well, the draft lottery, if nothing else. So we will have something to talk about, but uh, until then, uh, go Hawks.